It is Jen the Builder. And Corey. And you are listening to Take the Elevator, Corey. We are on episode 15. Wow. Yes. I'm loving it. I'm loving the fact that we're just banging these out and we're rolling at a very nice speed. Yeah, I agree. The pace is is healthy. It's fun. It's not stressful. Sometimes editing is, though. Editing is very stressful. <laughs> yeah. So we just celebrated or had the first day of fall, which I believe was September 22nd. And fall is my favorite season. I didn't know that. No? No. Yeah. I like, you know, the decor. I mm-hmm. think I mentioned that the last podcast. So there are people that I talked to and I said, what do you look forward to? You get forward to even though we're falling back like time adjusts we fall back some of the stuff is the decor the pumpkin flavored coffees i love pumpkin flavored anything or pumpkin smelling anything yes love 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 and we have those going on in the house and i love it i love walking into the room i love that our air conditioning bill (laughs) should be going down absolutely right although just because it's Technically, fall the weather, especially here in Southern California, doesn't really follow suit to that day. But this we look true. forward to what women say as sweater weather. Sweater weather. Yes. <laughs> sweater weather and layering clothes and boots. That all speaks to me. Now I remember. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now it's coming back to me. Yes. So I'm going to ask our listeners to please share with us your favorite things about fall, what you look forward to. And you can do that on jenthebuilder.com or send us an email to jenthebuilder at gmail. Every day, elevate. Every So, Corey, some of the favorite things that we've gotten feedback on from our listeners is that they love the Would You Rather on the on the Wednesday middle of the week thing. I have to agree. I actually like that, too. I'm kind of fond of doing that in my own head when uh, I get a chance. So let's go ahead and pick a number. Would you do the honors? 123. All right. 123. Very systematic in your numbering system, by the way. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, what you gonna be? Here it is. Would you rather perform the ALS ice bucket or the ALS pepper challenge? I'm gonna go with the pepper challenge. Jen, Mm. you know me very well. I don't like to be cold, so I would have to do the pepper one. Besides, uh, I'm more fond of pepper anyway. Really? Yeah. I can't do pepper, and you know me. (laughs) No questions asked. I'm going to do ice challenge, especially on a major menopausal day. Oh, boy. Yeah, you'll probably dump a couple of buckets on yourself. Yeah. It sounds good. You have no (laughs) idea what menopausal heat's like. Anyways, so we're wondering what you guys would do. Would you do the pepper challenge or the ice bucket? Please share on jenthebuilder.com. Every Okay, Uh, so we're going to take a few moments, Corey, to recognize a big, sad event that happened on September 18th, and it was the death of one of our Supreme Court judges, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
And what a legacy. I mean, there's so much to speak of regarding her. And I just don't want to do it injustice, but just to give a brief summary, would that be okay if I shared? Yes. Um, Incredible legacy. So I would be glad for you to share that. So she was um, the second woman ever to serve on uh, the U.S. Supreme Court. She served from 1993 to 2020. I thought what was interesting is during the time of 2006 to 2009, the other woman had retired. So for three years, she was alone with eight men. Um, And they say that's when she really left her stamp and made her move, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I saw this piece in LinkedIn, actually. And so this this part here is exactly word for word what's in there Um, because of RBG women were given rights to sign a mortgage without a man's signature. They were allowed to have a bank account without a male co-signer. They had the right to have a job without being discriminated based on gender. And then also she fought for rights for women to be pregnant and have kids while holding down a job. All that is just so incredible to think that they did not have those rights prior to this. Right. And of course, she has amazing quotes. She said that her mom taught her how to be a lady. And what that meant was really be your own person and be independent. Uh, Another quote that I love that she says is women belong in all places where decisions are being made. As someone had a conversation with her and they asked her, when is there going to be enough women in the Supreme Court? And she said, when there's nine. (laughs) That's when there's going to be enough. And she said that people were shocked. But then she said, well, you know, there were never no questions about when uh, there were nine men in the Supreme Court. So very much about gender equality and women's rights. And you just saw a lot of people upset over her death and just worried about her replacement. What does that look like? So, of course, our thoughts go out to her family. Um, outside of her career, I just want to share this. You know, we're really big into stories here at Take the Elevator. Back in the day, her husband was actually diagnosed with cancer. Um, and what she did, and this was after they had their daughter, she attended his classes, took notes for him, typed out his papers while caring for their young daughter and her sick husband. And while all this was happening, she made the Harvard Law Review. Wow. Yeah. And she fought cancer five times, actually. And um, the first time when she went through chemo and radiation, they said she didn't miss a day of work. And there was a time um, when cancer kept revisiting her. They asked her, you know, if she wanted to retire for her health. And she said that she was staying in as long as she could mentally do the job. She was showing up and she did just that until her death. Very strong and incredible legacy. Yeah. I want to share this real quick if I grab my phone. Another thing that I saw that I feel links to RBG just because of the equality and the whole women's rights thing. And so someone shared about an interview that she did. So she said, today I interviewed a candidate via video chat, which I've done, by the way. Uh, The first thing she said was to please forgive her. She had a toddler she hoped would be napping, but that wasn't the case. Um, As we proceeded, I could tell she was uneasy as her eyes kept darting to the floor, and I could hear the little one wanting her mom. Three to four minutes into the interview, I was feeling terrible as I knew she wanted to pick up the baby who by now had crawled right under her chair. I stopped there and encouraged her to go ahead and tend to the baby. 
I could see the relief on her face. I proceeded to ask about the baby and even got to see her on camera. She was beautiful and just wanted to be up where um, the action was. We chatted about her family, her pets, and the city she recently moved to. I told her I was happy to continue with a little one on her lap, and so that's what we did. The rest of the interview went well, and she did a great job. It's been a while since I had little ones, but I could relate as a mom how stressful it was for her. I just felt like sharing this and reminding fellow leaders how important it is to recognize the struggles people are facing and do what we can to be understanding and accommodating. Small kindnesses make a world of difference to others. Good stuff right there. Yeah, neat story. And we get that a lot. We get a lot of pets in the background, a lot of kids, a lot of kid TV in the background, music to keep the kids occupied, questions for homework and help. And you absolutely have to adjust. And we had an episode about giving and grace, and that's exactly what that's about. I'm even sure you've had uh, spouses walk into the room not knowing that (laughs) things were going on in the workplace, and you have to excuse them out of the room. Right, Right. I've done it myself. So good stuff. Just your hearts go out to rbg's family and we thank her for her legacy and hopefully it will continue yep every day elevate every day so jen i wanted to talk to you about the climate and the temperature that has been set by the events that are going on in today's times okay And I wanted to just throw a few things out there and then possibly wander into a story that is appropriate for that particular uh, conversation. What I'm starting to notice is when being talked to or interviewed as a person of color, I'm starting to notice that the person asking the questions and the person that is doing the interviewing Mm -hmm. already has a preconceived notion Mm -hmm. of what you're going to talk about or the answer that you're going to give. And so that becomes very uncomfortable when you realize that your quest- the questions that are asked of you aren't really for you. Right. And Corey, if I can just add, I think a lot of people going into these conversations not only have a preconceived idea of what you're going to answer, but they already have a preconceived, this is the outcome of this meeting. This Absolutely. is what I need it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was wondering... As a woman, and you you may not fit into the person of color being of African descent mm-hmm. category, but you do fit into a, a person of color. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had this happen to you? And can you just give us a little bit of background of what that's like? Wow, that's a really good question. And I have to think just a second, because I'm going to be honest, I don't feel like it's happened a lot, but I have been in meetings where... I've been asked questions and they've told me, you know, no limit. Just go ahead and say what you think, what you want. And I've done that and it wasn't acceptable and it kind of blew up in my face. Um, So they pose the questions as if they really want to know. And then when you do share it, they really don't want to know. So I almost feel like they didn't expect me to go where I was going to go and counted on me to be the passive one, the one who's team player. And not that that left when I shared the whole truth, you know, and nothing but it. But that was the expectation. And when I didn't give them the answer they wanted, then I was told that it didn't even matter what I said. Right. Yeah. And walking away from that, how did you feel? Oh, my goodness. You you know, because you were you were my confidant. It took a few weeks 
for that one to really settle in and for me to learn from it. Um, I was hurt. I was annoyed. I was frustrated. I was offended. I felt like it was trickery. I wanted to know why even go through all that when you already knew what you wanted to do. So why did we do all this? Because right. it gets your hopes up. And then just to bring it down. And it really makes you feel less than. Yes. Yeah. So we're in a world right now where we're in need of change. Mm-hmm. We're in need of solutions. And we're in need of results, positive results. And we talk about resilience. We talk about bouncing back and having the ability to look at the most positive outcome that you can possibly have. And so when you have these things that you're facing and you're, that you're up against, it's important to know that any topic of conversation that is being brought to any individual is to have an open mind and just listen. Some people are hurting. There's, there's a lot of society that are in pain and hurting. And I'm not just talking about people of color. I'm not just talking about people that uh, have money or don't have money or have right. bad circumstances. We're in a strange time right now with, with COVID, mm-hmm. with uh, racial tension, with people losing their jobs. Uh, and let's go go to something that most people would think is pretty shallow, but it, it it's really something that people hold on to dearly. Gyms aren't open. Mm. So people can't work out. And right. they, they can't stay fit. And we know when you're on that path of being fit and healthy, it's important that you're able to do those type of things. Yeah. Especially if that's part of their routine. Exactly. And so what I want to do as far as my part in this is on jenthebuilder.com is to provide a, a safe, open space for people to not just vent and cry and whine, but if that's what you want to do, then feel free to. But if you want to ask a question or pose an idea that you're up against or have gone through, mm-hmm. I would love to hear that story. I would love to hear that that side. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak. And then um, I'm going to tell a, a short story that I encountered and why this was uh, on my mind and why I wanted to even bring it up. I am just pensive right now, thinking about the different situations, the different stories, you know, that come to my mind. I think with the climate change, empathy plays a big part in this, for sure. And I'm just going to be very frank. It's it's It saddens me when there's certain lingo that happens and it sounds good, like you said, resilience and bounce back and be empathetic and be adapting and, you know, things like that. And so what happens is you have all these words and phrases that sound good, sound right, and it's not being practiced, mm-hmm. right? It's that whole thing we, we've talked on, on a side note about how religion sometimes becomes that way. It's the expectation and you lose the meaning and the feeling behind what you're doing and why you're doing it. So for me, that's that's my big takeaway with, with changes in the climate and, and working with people and understanding them. It's putting thought and feeling behind what you're saying and then acting on it. Because I think for me, that's where it gets to me when I'm sitting in a room and you're saying the right words. But man, are we we are not acting to to that. And I get that people are going to have some misses because we ourselves are going through things. And sometimes it can be jaded how you are perceiving 
or maybe you're just going through your your stuff so much that you don't have the ability to empathize and you don't have the ability to have sympathy at that moment. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, it's I'm if I'm having a rough day and I can't transition and set those right intentions, I will reschedule a meeting for mm. the sake of like just not showing up the way I need to. You know, know. it's just having more consideration towards people and their time and knowing that I'm not up for this today. I'm not going to show up. It's going to be unproductive. I'm not going to be in it anyways. And I'm probably going to find everything wrong with what everyone's saying. So take the initiative to reschedule and be honest. I I think I've had that a couple of times where I just said, "I'm, I'm tired. Right. Yeah. So I had a very intense conversation that started out in a way that I thought was going to end very positive. And it was with someone that was very close to me. So I, I considered that to be a safe space. Mm-hmm. I also went in with my guard down. I wasn't in attack mode at all or defense mode. I was just right. very open to what was going to happen. I was asked a series of questions that were related to being a person of color and some of the experiences that I had been through. At the same time, I knew because the person asking the questions was they weren't a person of color. As a matter of fact, they were of the Caucasian race. Mm-hmm. I knew some of these questions were real hard thought out questions. But what I realized is that halfway through this conversation, that some of the questions that were being asked, he wasn't looking for the answer right. to those questions. He was looking for the answer that he had already thought of. So he had pre-thought out the answer and said, this is what the answer to this particular question should be. What what gave you then inclination or belief that that's really what it was? Well, because there was a question posed, uh-huh. and I'll tell you the question. Do you feel like times have changed enough to say that today is better than okay. times before, meaning uh, the 50s and 40s? Right. And of course... In my opinion, I said no. And that's not what he was expecting. Right. And so what I realized was that this is going to be a much more tough conversation to have because you've already thought of the answers that you want me to say. And when I don't say them, then there's going to be follow up questions that push me towards the answer that you want to hear. It gets very scary because. Now I am in defense mode Mm -hmm. and I realize that the questioner is in defense mode. Mm -hmm. And so now we're trying to prove to one another who's right and who's wrong when this was supposed to be a question and answer situation. So can I ask you a question before that meeting took place? Was there clear objectives on what that meeting was about and what the hopes were? No. uh, As a matter of fact, usually when those type of conversations come up, uh, they are supposed to just have an even kill type of situation. Hmm. I'm not sure what you mean by that. So, so you- I, I look at it like the conversation we have. So yeah. if I ask you something, typically there's no angle. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I, in, for the listeners, I, I pride myself on fighting fair. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I say, I want to fight fair. And so I'm going to set you up. And I tell Jen that. So, I have no bones about what I'm going to do. So when I say, hey, let's have a conversation or we're going to talk about something, she knows the angle that I'm coming at. She knows what I'm trying to accomplish before I go into it. And see, that's what I back to what I was saying is 
when you do use lingo with people or you speak on what the conversation is going to be about or where we're hoping it leads, that's got to be honest. If people are meeting and they're saying, I want to know the truth, I, you know, there's things that I feel like I don't get and I'm here to, to get it. But if that's really not what it is, so why even do this? So that's my first question. What was the objective in all of this? And was it an objective that you agreed to? And and I know that sounds real technical and it doesn't mean to be because it's it's about people talking, right? But if I were to set a meeting with you and say, this is, Corey, this is the objective and we're going to have a podcast today and we're going to talk about climate change and my hope is that we have the listeners understand different points of views. Corey, what, what are you hoping to get at? What message are you hoping to relay? And then you'd share yours, right? right? And then we'd agree to it. And if you really want people to get something from something, you're going to give them the facts and let them come into their own. Even though that may mean the facts are their facts right. and not yours. Right. And then, you know, we see this all the time. I hate to say it. And I and I have sometimes coached to this technique and I don't anymore. If I want you to say yes, if my hidden objective is to get Corey to agree with me and then we can do what I want to do anyway, I'm going to use techniques to ask you questions that get you to say yes. And so I'm sure that that question that was asked of you, is it, what was it again? Is it different? Is it better? Is it better? Is it better? Now than before. Ultimately, that was the question. Right. So if he's asked, if this person's asking you questions to get you in yes mode, and then you turn around and do no, or vice versa, you've thrown them off. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. If you can discipline yourself to not, while you're talking, I shouldn't be thinking of, oh, I'm going to ask this next question because this one's going to get them. Right. It should be, I'm not pre-planning my questions because it's an honest open conversation and I should be hearing you at the time you're speaking. Absolutely. So, yeah. and I know that was a hard conversation on you just cause days later you could still see the remnants of how heavy it was on you. Yes. Um, on many levels. Yeah. And I try not to bring that into our atmosphere, into mm-hmm. our space, but when it's that impactful and it's that deep, Right. It's really hard to just shake it off and keep on moving. And, and what I've realized in my older age, I tend to care more than I used to as a younger man. I didn't have a lot of cares for what people thought or what people mm-hmm. wanted. And so a lot just kind of rolled off my back. And I just was I wasn't the go with the flow kind of guy, but I was the it's not affecting me. It doesn't matter to me one way or another. But for some strange reason, as I've gotten older. What people think matters to me because I want what I think to matter to people. And so you can't navigate this life not caring what people think. Sure. Not caring what people yeah, even think true. about you. It's true. And let's talk about climate. It's it's th- it's as simple as this, Corey. If I'm going to throw you out in cold weather, I'm going to equip you with the right clothes, the right kind of footwear, all of that, because I'm about to throw you in somewhere cold. So let me prepare you for it. Let me, you know, make it as comfortable when you get back from inside the cold. I'm going to have the fireplace going. I'm going to have your warm pumpkin flavored coffee, your pumpkin smells. You know what I mean? And it sounds really silly, but it's so true. When you're going through a climate change with people, prepare them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And and give them exactly. I mean, I'm not going to invite you to Florida and say, 
come and bring, you know, your parkas and and scarves and beanies because that's what the weather's like. And they come out and it's humid, sunny and hot. How unfair is that? Very, very unfair. So if it's sweater weather, make it sweater weather. Give me a sweater. (laughs) Or did you say a sweater? (laughs) A sweater. That's East Coast. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make light of what you're saying, Corey. I'm sorry that you went through that. And um, it's so it's so apropos, even that little uh, share that I read from LinkedIn on that lady who shared about her interview with the mom and just her understanding the situation and and moving with it. Exactly that. Yeah. And and I, I wanted to piggyback off of that just a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I will simply because you brought it back up. Mm-hmm. We find ways to accommodate all kinds of people in all kinds of circumstances and all kinds of situations. Why is it that we can determine that this one we're not accommodating this one? We're not going to, we're not going to give any grace. It's our way or no way at all. My way or no way at all. Who determines someone can do that? Who gives the power to do that? And so what I'd like to say is that if no one has given that power and no one has determined that, Let's unplug that source of power and say, we're going to give some graces and we're going to accommodate according to the weather. Thank you for uh, being transparent and just open and vulnerable. I'm, I'm really happy and blessed that you and I have a safe space between each other, even when we don't agree. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I hope you guys got something from this. You know who we are and how we are and take the elevator. Here we say look up and let's. Elevate. Elevate.